Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross at Fightful Select. .com's Backstage Report is the 200th edition of the Backstage Report. I know that, my God, the the vast majority of you, less than like 5% have been here since the beginning, but I started to do this show um, over four years ago as an added bonus for Fightful Select because, you know, it's, it's usually about the exclusive news. And I was like, well, why not find a way for people who can't keep up to date every single day to catch up on everything. So we do the Fightful Wrestling Weekly, and I know a lot of you are Tier 1 members, but I release that on Tier 2, and I always sneak in like an extra few lines about a story in the Fightful Wrestling Weekly uh, for Tier 2 members to kind of give them that added value. For example, uh, Mia Yim on Sunday, I had posted, not only are they interested, she's coming back imminently. So we were able to update a little bit on that story, but I started a show about four years ago called uh, The Fightful Report, and I eventually changed the name to The Backstage Report because it's good for SEO, it's good to kind of highlight what it is. Thought about even making it The Fightful Hotline at one point, but hey, didn't want you all get any crazy ideas there, but this is what I consider like one of the kickoffs of the week for The Fightful Select Service. I used to uh, cater so much of my coverage around this and especially around the beginning of the month, because that's when Patreon's billing cycle was. But man, I'm just so happy with the success of Fightful Select. I would love if we were still up above 11,000 subscribers, but I said all along there, we would probably settle between like 8,500, 9,500, and we're right in between that right now after people stopped getting bitten and uh, fired and all that good stuff. But I just wanted to tell you guys how happy I am, how fortunate I am that that you guys enjoy this show. I, I hope you do. 
that you guys take it in. Uh, I always like to add additional context and some more details and even my own thoughts on some of these stories that I can't usually do. I, I can't at all whenever I'm writing these stories because you have to stay objective. You can't add your own opinion on these stories whenever, uh, whenever you're writing them. You've got to stay unbiased, but uh, on this show, I do like to share my thoughts, my opinions, my feelings, and all that. And uh, we had a very interesting one yesterday. I was supposed to interview Nick Aldis. Now, I've mentioned in the past, Nick Aldis, uh, he, he doesn't like me. He doesn't like me because of a tweet that I put out where um, I think I said, NWA is going to have to have Ethan Page teach him how to wrestle in front of a green screen. And he took that as an insult, and um, the way that I had intended it back then was he's the only reliable guy they got. And uh, it was meant as a compliment because I enjoyed his work, but we had a, a very spirited conversation, but we were actually scheduled for an interview this past week. I was very excited about it, the first interview I've done with him in years, and definitely the first since that conversation, though we have had very positive, uh, nice, professional conversations since then. I was very excited to talk to him. It was to promote this weekend's NWA show. Well, then a lot of stuff went down. He gave his notice to NWA, and I believe this interview was set up after he gave notice to NWA. But in the meantime, he had said, hey, by the way, guys, the way that Billy Corgan talks about Empower and the women's division, and specifically in relation to the way that my wife has treated Mickey James, in those things, that's one of the reasons I gave notice. Now, Billy Corgan has come out and said, yeah, a few months ago when we were talking about all this and I pulled him from the match and replaced him with Tyrus in the world title match, it was an angle, and now it's not. Now he's doing his own thing, and now he doesn't want to be a part of the company, etc., etc. Nick Aldis uh, is scheduled to do the Sam Roberts show this week. Unfortunately, our interview was effectively canceled, but he did say... Yes, it was because of how Mickey was treated specifically in relation to all the work that she did in Empower and you know the favors that she pulled and all that for little to no return personally. Um, the, the show sold out. They, they feel like it did well enough to at least not be disrespected in that manner. And you know there's there's a lot of like back and forth there. Now the, the talent, originally were like, is this a work? Is this a shoot? I was too. And um, to me, when Corgan goes out there, and keep in mind, he's saying, oh, well, now he's he's out there talking about in interviews, this and th this and that. I mean, Corgan leaked to PW Insider that there was, quote, magma heat on Nick Aldis. So, I mean, like, that was obviously a work. Like, who the hell's gonna, who the hell's gonna say that? And, and from an executive standpoint and not be working, you know? So we had kind of decided that that's how we were going to cover it at that point. Now there are a lot of talent or at least people that are close to Mickey and Nick Aldis that are like, no, this ain't a work. He is leaving, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm always hesitant to believe anything like that. I'm hesitant to um, believe that anything is, is beyond working. But if I were Nick Aldis, Personally, I would probably see what my market value is elsewhere. AEW was interested years ago. He is the type of guy that I believe Triple H would be interested in as well. He can work at a, a very, very high level. He looks the part. He is, he's good. 
Um, I, I don't know if the NWA style promos necessarily work in those other companies, but I'll tell you what works. The type of match that he had with Cody, the type of match that he had with Marty Skrull, who fortunately is the hell out of wrestling, but he had a great match with, with Trevor Murdoch, who certainly isn't in his prime, had good ones with uh, Tom Latimer and Tim Storm even, Matt Cardona, Aaron Stevens. Like He's done some really, really great work, specifically in the NWA, and he really helped make people pay attention to that. Now they're leaning heavy into the Tyrus thing. And I got to say, I think Tyrus is one of the worst. I think he's probably the worst televised worker that there is right now. And, well, they're not even televised, but I was told that, well, you know what? He gets attention. His book sells well. His figures and the, the major bendy uh, line that Hawkins and Ryder, Cardona and Myers, I should say, do, um, they, they said it was the top selling one. I was also told this week that there was a customized or altered NWA title made. There was one person who had indicated to me it might have been just a sized one to fit Tyrus. Um, now, in I, I have been told Nick Aldis remained professional in handling his NWA business in recent months, but um, this is just... Yeah, uh, Billy seemed like he was blindsided by a lot of this, uh, but... I don't know if he should have been, assuming this is real, I don't know if he should have been based on the way that he spoke about the women's depth and empower and so much about that. Because, listen, are you going to get another Gail Kim Awesome Kong moment at Empower 2? Well, no, probably not. But to, to indicate that there are not, there's not enough depth to run an Empower 2, well, that's that's just objectively not true to say, well, but can they work the NWA style? Well, first off, I, I just want to say who gives a shit, right? But I mean, to say that there's, there's not talent out there. All right. Okay. Let, let's look at our free agents list that have just been on national TV. Chelsea green, Allison K. They are already like, you know, well, well established with NWA. You got Marty Bell, the other half of the hex. You got Mickey James, who you can reach out to. You've got Santana Garrett, Session Moth Martina. Veda Scott can call the damn thing. Taya Valkyrie is available right now. You can also see who is available from the, the Impact Wrestlings of the world. Sumi Sakai is out there right now. You can do Jazz's retirement match on that. I don't know if she had a specific retirement match. You can do Jazz's retirement match on a show like that. Angelina Love is out there. There are televised, exposed talents out there. I, you, you could go out there and say, hey, Alicia Fox, hey, Summer Rae, uh, would you like to have your final match here? That could be a thing. That could be a thing where Empower gives people a farewell that maybe they didn't get on other, other scenes. And that's before we get into, all right, you know who else is available? Alley Cat, Jody Threat, Trisha Dora. You've got Camille as your world champion. Lufisto, Billy Starks, Charlie Evans, uh, Kylan King, Shazam McKenzie. Uh, there's, there's tons of talent out there. See who's around uh, from Japan at that time. See who's in, like, in the country. Uh, uh, Kylie Ray, you've got access to her as well. Sorry, when Tyrus is main eventing an NBA pay-per-view, I am not buying that there is not enough talent. I can tell you that, that Nick Aldis said that he 
claims that they haven't talked about it at all because of his spot in the company. WDB had some success with Crown Jewel. A memo uh, yesterday to execs said that Crown Jewel was the highest in global audience figures. For those of you who wondered, it's Crown Jewel, Greatest Royal Rumble 2018, Elimination Chamber 22, Crown Jewel 2021, Super Showdown 2019 as far as top five Saudi events there. Uh, but the flight took home, landed back in the States without incident. I was told it was one of the, the more streamlined efforts to go to and from Saudi Arabia. They didn't take a whole lot of extra people that that probably didn't need to be flown over, etc. I've learned that WDB has some more intimate tryouts set up for early December. I'm going to have some more news on that very, very soon. Uh, there is a working plan, by the way, for George South to face Nick Gage for the GCW title at WrestleCade. That challenge was laid down this past week. That's a very smart one, especially at WrestleCade, to do it there. George South is, is a legend in that area, so very wise. Also, uh, wise of WDBE, they're continuing to scout the indies. Gabe Zapolsky was at a prestige show recently. He has been helping scout talent for WWE. So that's something that you should probably keep your eye on. Another thing to keep your eye on, Giselle Shaw, Joel Pearl spoke with her for a new interview. She explained her name, the quintessential diva. She has an acronym, determined, intelligent, valiant, authentic. She wants to create a positive connotation with that term within wrestling. She spoke about her wow run and said that she'd always wrestled without a mask, but they wanted her as a mask character. Then the producers are like, oh, you look good. Why are you wrestling with a mask? Well, that doesn't have anything necessarily to do with it, but she said, because they asked me to, and they decided to take it off. Uh, I can tell you that working in a mask sucks, and she kind of echoed those sentiments. Vision obstructive, tougher, tougher to breathe. You got to adjust things. You have to account for an awful lot of things there as well. She's hopeful that she can face uh, face Gail Kim and Jordan Grace within Impact Wrestling as well. Uh, some notes from WWE Raw. Uh, Nikki Cross was scheduled as having damage control with her uh, at the ring. And uh, Austin Theory was listed as Rollins' opponent. Uh, I thought that they were going to change one of those. I thought that either Austin Theory wouldn't be the opponent or Dana Brooke wouldn't be Nikki Cross's opponent. But uh, it ended up happening. And... Uh, the last hour was noteworthy, that much I tell you. Wendy Chu, Zion Quinn got looks at WWE main event as well. So some happenings last night. Gene Snitsky was also backstage just visiting, though. The Kingdom are signed to AEW, but they did have some at least talks with WWE. Uh, WWE told me that a formal offer wasn't made, but Mike Bennett and Maria Kanellis did have at least conversations with Triple H, Gabe Sapolsky, I'm told, because uh, there, there were rumors that it was like Matt Taven, and WWE was interested in Matt Taven. I hadn't heard necessarily that much, but AEW was interested. Uh, FTR pushed for them, so that's good. Uh, but a lot of transactional stuff going on right now. Peter Avalon confirmed to Fightful that he's on a per-appearance deal. He wants a full-time contract. We had that interview last week. He or he he's worked with both NWA and New Japan of late, but he's work open to working anywhere moving forward. He just wants it to be a step forward. He wants it to be more of a business thing for him. And he's done a lot of production work as well, like hundreds of episodes of Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. And he said he'd be open to doing that. He helped produce shows on a very shoestring budget and was very proud of that work. He actually had an opportunity with 205 Live in the past because 
Uh, Adam Pierce is a friend of his and pushed for him to be involved, but the opportunity overlapped with his AEW contract at the time, and he wanted to go with the sure deal, which was the AEW contract. He also said a lot of the Brandon Cutler stuff was done on the fly, and they just thought it was interesting and, and wanted to make it work. The access to Tony Khan from for their face-off was because everybody was just kind of around, and it ended up working out really, really well. Fightful Select reported last week that WWE had interest in Mia Yim. Uh, one of the reasons I have been pushing the second tier of Fightful Select to you guys, which is the $10 tier, uh, you all get early access to our interviews, usually at least a day or two, sometimes three uh, ahead of time. But I do the Fightful Wrestling Weekly, which guides this show. But I always add like an additional line to each segment, each story. And one of those was, WWE is not just interested in bringing back Mia Yim. They are bringing back Mia Yim. And she is headed back to WWE. And, well, we saw on Monday what happened there. I was told WWE has had interest in her for, for quite some time, but I specifically heard this uh, a full week before I reported it that she was headed back to the company, and uh, we were able to get that confirmed shortly after we broke the story. A lot of times, uh, like when we'll frame something as WWE has interest in bringing somebody back, uh, I can't say exclusively that yes, for sure, it's happening a lot of times, but in this case, I knew she was headed back, but... The amount of verification I could get wasn't that she was for sure heading back. It was that they had interest in her. However, when I reported that, I was able to get people to be like, yeah, she's coming back. Chelsea Green is a very interesting one. Now, she has like affectionately dubbed herself as Queen Stooge number one. For those of you who don't have any goddamn clue what that's about, during the Performance Center days of the pandemic, I would get a whole lot of spoilers. Our scoops really took off then. And a lot of times we would get the results and taping result spoilers for the shows. And I had multiple people that were like, we know Chelsea Green is feeding you this news. We know it. We know it. Well, I can tell you, I will never tell you who did it, but I won't lie to you about who didn't do it type of thing. And Chelsea Green absolutely not only was not giving me those results, I had never spoken with her before that. In fact, I think the only time that we even exchanged a message uh, was, congrats, thanks, that was it. And um, it absolutely was not her. It was multiple people. But then when she got released, she hit me up and she was like, hey, I would love to do my first interview with you. Uh, I think I, even I had let her know that I please put me on the list. If you, if you want to talk, I would love to. But um, she affectionately named herself Queen Stooge number one after that. And uh, Perrazzo is number two. But that is neither here nor there. I'm just setting the stage for this. She is completely denying that WWE has reached out to her. Um, I I had to ask. I mean, why wouldn't I ask? And why wouldn't you expect me to ask uh, with that context? Now, when PW Insider reported that she's expected back to WWE, we reached out. Chelsea was like, no, no. I wish I knew. Let me know. I'll get gear ready. He, 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 et cetera, et cetera. And she said, even though I've finished up with Impact for the time being, I've got bookings scheduled through March 2023, still doing NWA. Uh, she's still doing WrestleCade, so hopefully we'll talk to her there. But she claims that isn't the case. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time, but 
the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. I have been told WDB is interested in her. I have not been told a definitive deal or return date as of yet. This is not like the Mia Yim thing where I was told for sure she's coming back, but I have been told that that WDB is interested. However, like when, when I was I was trying to pry it out of Chelsea, she's like, "Listen, I've been a free agent this whole time. I never signed a deal with anybody. They could have had me whenever the hell they wanted me." Which is a very good point, but I just don't believe it. I just don't believe it. But hey, you know what? Um, I, I hope so. She's a TV-ready star. She's been TV-ready for like five years. So um, I-, I would like to see her get get a shot. But this is something that I bring up a lot when people go, oh, well, Chelsea needs to come back. Deanna needs to come back. They worked for Triple H, and they both got parked for a year at a time without being on TV. So we'll see how it goes. You just never know. Speaking of that era, I had a 2019 NXT scoop. Now, there's there's some times I get information like this, and I'm like, well, would you all care? Would you all even give a damn? But there was a really good, positive reception to this, so I'm going to keep doing it. I'm going to keep having like scoops of yesteryear because the thing that I like most about this job is learning more things that I didn't know about wrestling and then sharing them with you guys. So we're going to keep doing that. But we learned about some plans that were at least pitched, were set to go for NXT when they started on cable TV in 2019. Scarlett was originally supposed to be managing Damian Priest. 
Priest, however, did not think the fit was good for him, passed on the spot. Uh, there were some within NXT that thought the act was going to make TV up until the, the week it was nixed, which was within the first few of it airing on the USA Network. In fact, I believe Scarlett had actually tweeted some stuff indicating that she might be on the show. But Priest passed on the idea. Scarlett was put on the back burner until it became clear that Karrion Cross was coming into the company the first go-around. And those that we spoke to about it in retrospect said, well, that worked well for all three of them, especially now that Cross and Scarlett are back in WDB and on the main roster. And Priest is doing his thing. So that's one of those where a, a talent says, uh, you know what, maybe not for me. Uh, nothing against this person, but not for me. And it works out really well. Sasha Banks and Naomi, they were on the intro for Crown Jewel. I'm told that they just attached the wrong video to start the show. Yikes. Um, WWE told me there's no news to report on that situation. At no point was the Seth Rollins open challenge scheduled for Crown Jewel at all. None. Logan Paul's been working with Shane Helms to help prepare for his match. Shane Helms had not been home in like weeks before the Saudi Arabia thing, helping get Logan Paul ready. Drew McIntyre was headed to India after Saudi Arabia to do a Sony-related trip or shoot. Um, MVP did not make the trip to Saudi Arabia. His spot with Braun Strowman was to help explain why he wouldn't be there. But in actuality, MVP is a Muslim turned atheist, which is punishable in Saudi Arabia. I know a lot of you all, I feel like i got to say this each time there's a, there's a PLE, but the hype packages that aired during that show, there's no rhyme or reason. They're there for the Peacock commercial breaks. Vince McMahon, special investigation into Vince is uh, complete with WWE. There was a line in their filing that said, quote, Mr. McMahon can effectively exercise control over our affairs. I asked the WWE spokesman. They said Vince is done, done. And another one said he is not coming back. He will not take over creative. He will not take over his previous roles. And there was another longtime WWE employee that said while they had initially had reservations, hesitation, fears regarding McMahon's departure and him possibly coming back quickly, that's no longer the case. They went as far as to tell me that everyone in charge realizes it'd be a major step back for the company. The WWE's recent filing instilled even more confidence in those that thought McMahon leaving would be a blow to the company. Even one of those thought that the culture is so much more relaxed without Vince McMahon around. I'm going to have more soon on Select about how it's kind of changed the culture, but uh, Vince is done. He ain't coming back. Could CM Punk be done with wrestling? I don't know. We've not heard directly from CM Punk firsthand in the two months since Brawl Out, the, the media scrum and all that, but we, we're hearing more about the situation. Uh, we had confirmed Wrestling Inc.'s report that there isn't any active litigation towards CM Punk. On October 26th, we had reported the Elite were imminently set to return, which put the wheels in motion uh, shortly thereafter with a vignette. But... Fightful also noted a WWE source indicated they would likely be interested possibly procuring the services of Punk. Since then, reps from other companies have said that they'd at least be interested in having a conversation, but aren't sure how motivated he'd be to continue. Uh, several on the signing circuit said that they'd still expect a big demand for Punk. Even after all this, probably not as big as before, but still plenty of demand. Now, there were some people that said, why would anybody want to touch him, etc., for signings? Well, because he's a draw. I mean, there are people who have done, like, actual vile things as opposed to 
you know, getting into a fight and, and burying a company, like some really vile shit that are still booked for signings. So CM Punk would have no problem getting booked for a signing because despite what you think about that that type of stuff, he's not done anything like racist or bigoted or anything in, in that manner. Now, one source close to CM Punk said that they would not rule out him wrestling again. They even claimed that he got the wrestling bug. And it was stated that he's a long way from even being able to to wrestle again due to his injury. And considering all the moving parts with his AEW status, they aren't sure if he'll still feel that way when things are done. That source indicated it's been made clear to them that uh, at least options will be available if and when Punk wants to wrestle again. Uh, and for those of you, for those that have said, "Oh, well, they haven't even been in touch with Punk," they have absolutely talked with his reps about his ongoing situation. I reached out to Punk directly, haven't heard back, but did try to open that line of communication. I guess we'll see how that goes. If To me, if you're WWE and you can get CM Punk, I think you throw everything at the wall to try to make CM Punk versus Stone Cold Steve Austin happen. Stone Cold Steve Austin against heel CM Punk, or at least even leaning heel CM Punk, to me is a money WrestleMania main event match. I don't think there's any way you can pass it up. If for some reason you doubt that, I encourage you. Go back and look at the 2K interview that they did years ago. Go look at the I would whip your ass backwards promo they did with each other years ago. Straight Edge versus the beer-swilling Stone Cold Steve Austin is the thing. It is the move to do. I would highly encourage you guys to uh, check those things out and... To me, if you can do that, that is an attraction match. That is one that you you got to do if you can. GCW. Fight has added a, another company to their service. It is GCW. We reported that they, Black Label Pro, would be added as well. The WWE, AEW rumors regarding GCW. Um, so they he said they haven't heard that they aren't allowed to use AEW talent, but I can tell you it's been communicated pretty effectively. They're not using AEW talent. But Brett Lauderdale specifically said he'd not be surprised to see Moxley, Moxley come back to GCW. Moxley can still do appearances. He can do really what he wants, but slowing that down with a new AEW deal. There was never a WWE-GCW deal. It was a rib. The whole time. Don't know how the WrestleMania suite happened or the Stephanie thing happened. Wasn't given a straight answer, but there was never a thing there <laughs> for those of you who asked. Uh, some more notes. Anthony Bowen's line about last-minute cancellations for the daddy-ass birthday bash. We're told there actually were pitches. Don't know who those are for. Uh, Don Callis has been backstage at almost every AEW show the last several weeks ahead of Kenny Omega's return. Um, there, there's some interesting reporting going on about Dragon Gate and Nasawa that has seemed to emanate from an unverified email address claiming to be a Dragon Gate star. I received an email back in May, and it came from someone pretending, I believe pretending they were a talent, and they said, oh, don't contact me on Instagram or Twitter. They they watch. Well, I, I'm going to. That's the thing. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to run something without verifying your identity. We did not feel comfortable pursuing that information, but... It seems like a lot of the information that was attempted to be disseminated in that email has been reported, um, but I don't know if those people verified 
the identity of the person that they said they were in the email, but I certainly couldn't, and Dragon Gate certainly isn't my beat. But as I saw some of that over the last week, I was like, hey, I, I got that email in May. I just, I'm not going to run that because I, I could not verify it without a doubt. Can verify. Matt Hardy has nothing to do with the delete the elite segments, for those of you asking. Uh, Deanna Perrazzo is promoted for WrestleCade. I'll be there, but she won't. Uh, she will be on her honeymoon. She let them know in June. Uh, she and Steve Macklin get married this week. Congrats to them. I need to reiterate the Chris Jericho locker room cancer story of him approaching CM Punk after the situation and uh, saying he's a locker room cancer. I want to clarify a couple things. I don't think that C- that Jericho just sat idly by and then popped in and said, you're a cancer. I don't think that happened. That wasn't how it was portrayed to me. But I first heard this and I saw people saying, well, why didn't you report this way back when? Well, because I didn't think it was fair if that type of conversation uh, I heard from a one-sided type of thing and ran it. So when I spoke with CM Punk's camp last week or maybe the week before, they confirmed it. Not only that, they confirmed it to a T. They said, yeah, he called Punk a locker room cancer and Punk in no uncertain terms told him it wasn't his business and to get out. I should specify, I reached out to Chris Jericho for comment on this, because a lot of people were like, Jericho feeding the sheets. Jericho did not reply about this. He did not give me anything about this. Hate to hate to bust that bubble for you guys, but yeah, just uh, not, not the way that it works, unfortunately. Uh, last week's Raw, there were heavy elements for a Halloween party segment that were not used, but Von Wagner, Duke Hudson, Keanu James were brought into Main event. MLW, they are high on several talent. Alex Kane, he got a big push right out of the gate, but that's not going to stop anytime soon. He is set for a major push into 2023. He has impressed the company, as have the Billington Bulldogs. If that name sounds somewhat familiar with to you, that's because they are descendants of Tom Billington, uh, the Dynamite Kid. In fact, one of their names is Tom Billington, and we're told that he looks works very similarly while his brother Mark uh, getting comparisons to a young Brian Danielson after the tapings. They got some filling out to do, sure, but MLW has brought in the Von Erics, Jacob Fatu, Brian Pillman Jr. They do a lot of that stuff with people with family ties in the past, and we're told to expect a good run out of them. They are planning more crossover with Dragon Gate on the horizon. Uh, there were Philadelphia Eagles players backstage at Fightland. Head shrinker Samu was there. They managed to secure a sponsorship with Bet Online, which will be announced imminently. And Cesar Duran, who was the former Dario Cueto, will soon have a new on-screen role in MLW. As we wrap up this supersize edition of the uh, Fightful Backstage Report podcast, usually I keep these about 15-20 minutes. I like it to be succinct, but I'm leaning more into sharing my opinions on here uh, than than I used to because. You guys seem to respond very positively to that. Whether you agree or not, hey, we're here for the conversation, but probably doesn't come as a surprise based on the social media reaction, but several within AEW are happy that Colt Cabana was back. Uh, I wasn't told whether or not he'd be back on a permanent basis. I was told that's a question for Tony. I asked Tony. I didn't get an answer. 
the dozen or so talent that we heard back from regarding that November 2nd Dynamite were in support of Cabana being back in the fold. There was a natural inquisition as to possibly reinforcing the long-standing rumor that Cabana was removed from TV because of Punk. Whether that was requested by Punk or not, which he did deny, but before Cabana's absence, we're told he seemed very happy, had been helping produce matches for months before he left, but was taken off that. WrestleVotes had tweeted November 3rd, Colt Cabana showing up on Dynamite didn't go unnoticed in Stanford. That's all I'll say right now, end quote. Those that we spoke to were saying that it seemed like a huge signal to WWE that CM Punk uh, was done in AEW, and if he wasn't before, he would be now. One source within WWE that was familiar with both Punk and Cabana said they would be shocked if the two could ever work together again. And another one said that they hadn't heard anything even resembling an update on the relationship between Punk and WWE, and they wouldn't feel comfortable officially reaching out to him considering the situation. Um, to me, especially if you're in wrestling, unless there's something really horrible and criminal that went on, I don't know how you couldn't just get over it for the sake of doing business and for money, quite honestly. Good God. Like, if I were CM Punk... And again, this is if I were CM Punk. I would go to Colt and I would say, I don't like you or water under the bridge and say the same to Hangman and the Bucks and Omega. And then I would go apologize to the locker room and say, hey, but please don't tell anybody that I apologize to the locker room because I want to make everybody some money off of this. And with Colt Cabana, Hangman Page, the Young Bucks, and Kenny Omega, you have a year, a year of programs when you come back. And big programs. One that are going to capture the interest. One that if you leave any ego aside for anybody, you leave any hurt feelings and you say, you know what, we're going to blur reality with, with script. There's so much good promo material that can be used there. Who gives a shit? what fans think of you if you're going to make that kind of money doing that and make that kind of art doing that. That's me personally. If you can go out there and make good art out of reality, make compelling stories that people will talk about for years to come and make a ton of money doing it and make other people a ton of money doing it and help the company that you work for, damn man, that's what I would do. But I'm not CM Punk and I'm definitely not in the AEW locker room and a whole lot of people in the AEW locker room just don't want to deal with CM Punk anymore. Thank you to our, our main feed listeners for checking out this free preview edition of FightfulSelect.com. It's just five bucks. Not only do you get this show every single week, you get a Q&A from me every single week. Every other week, you get a Grapsity Q&A. Every so often, Jimmy does one. Uh, but that's not it. Coexisting with Rob and Maggie after dark every single week. You've got the list goes on post show every single week, pay-per-view uh, preview shows right before the pay-per-view. It's almost like a little pre-show that Rob Wilkins does. So great. There are over uh, 50 episodes of figure hall, card hall up there. We've got alternate commentary in the archives. We have dozens of retro reviews. This is just the shows for five bucks a month. It's the most affordable, exclusive wrestling news service. And that's before you get multiple pieces of exclusive breaking wrestling news every single day. When we did this, I said I wanted to make it the, the most affordable, exclusive wrestling news service and make sure that everybody got their money's worth. 
And I think that we've done that pretty effectively. So uh, this show airs every single week, usually on Mondays and Tuesdays. We do a lot of live shows over there as well. But check it out, the Backstage Report podcast on FightfulSelect.com. Check it out, my friends.